0: and you're listening to Teka, Teka News. In today's episode... In the media landscape, our current situation, of course, generally, it's
3: very hostile, uh, left and right, yung mga attacks, not just on the, of course, concerns on cases and yung physical attack, but also there's this, yung papalaki, no? Na cyber attacks, trolling, red tagging, and also, of course, very evident in yung... Legal attacks since up to
0: the Philippines marked its first-ever National Press Freedom Day on Tuesday, August 30. But is local media truly free? That was Kath Cortez, safety media officer for the National Union of Journalists of the Philippines, speaking at the Press Freedom Day event held virtually on August 30. In the JP, meron na 23
3: journalists na na-record na 2016 up to present. So meaning, this is under the Duterte administration up to present. The Last case under the Duterte administration is Mr. Kim Pisao of Cagayan de Oro City. He is a radio black timer so a, a past worker of the CDO City Hall. Also, we have record tests in Cebu City and itong si Jesus
0: Malabanan. The attacks on journalists don't end there. Relentless red tagging also puts reporters at risk. These are baseless accusations, linking them to the communist insurgency. So there's reputational
3: attacks. Dito pumapasok yung incident ng red tagging. So we have 32 cases, pero paulit-ulit ito. For example, itong case ni Kong Corrales of Cagayan de Oro City, na paulit-ulit hindi talaga natutapos yung pagre-red tag sa kanya as well as his family, linking him doon
0: sa New People's Army or sa Communist Party. One of the more recent red tagging incidents involving Corrales, an associate editor for the Mindanao Gold Star Daily, was over his reporting on community pantries, the food banks established by Filipinos to fill the gap left by the government during the lockdowns. We also have itong red tagging ng mga alternative media networks,
3: napinangalanan pa, no, or mentioned by the NTF LCAC during the Senate hearing. Of course, Meron din mga red tag sa um, uh, mga tawag ito organizations like NUJP.
0: At the request of then National Security Advisor, Hermogenes Esperon, the National Telecommunications Commission last June blocked access to alternative media outlets Bulatlat and Pinoy Weekly. It was only weeks later that Bulletlat's site became fully accessible again after it lawyered up and asked the Quezon City Court to intervene. But Pinoy Weekly has been forced to operate from a mirrored site as its original URL remains inaccessible. And then, there's the cyber attacks. The media safety office, nakapagpala
3: ng 20 distributed denial of service or itong GDOS attack particularly marami tayong natala na mga pag-atake mula noong nag ang kampanya para sa 2022 elections so hindi ito naglimit doon sa mga alternative press kagaya ng Kodaw, Pulat alternative network but also meron ding mga malalaking media companies like CNN na naging victim ng cyber attack during noon sa pag-kanilang presidential debate. So,
0: escalating ito, especially during the election. These coordinated attacks didn't start this year. At the height of the Senate's investigation into the formally scandal in 2021, the Senate website and the website of Senator Richard Gordon, then chairman of the Blue Ribbon Committee, were also hit by cyber attacks, taking them out for hours at a time. A few months later, in December, Rappler would report on a string of DDoS attacks on its own website. We'll pause for a bit, but when we return, we talk about the chilling effect of these attacks on the press. In 2020, Congress did the unthinkable it took the country's leading broadcaster off the airwaves, depriving thousands of workers of their livelihood and millions of Filipinos of critical information amid a raging pandemic. And in July this year, the Court of Appeals upheld a cyber libel conviction against Rappler CEO and Nobel Peace Prize winner Maria Ressa in a move that could mean other journalists may now be convicted of cyber libel for stories published as far back as 15 years critics have cried foul over what they say is lawfare or the government's weaponization of the law against its perceived enemies. Nakapagtala na yung
3: NUJP ng 56 cases of cyber libel and libel cases. Marami ito, no? And ang notable dito, ang observation natin dito, mula nung nagkaroon ng eleksyon, mas lumaki and dumami yung mga nasasampahan ng kaso ng libel and cyber libel. No? Sinasabi nga natin, dahil sa mga batas, kagaya po ng um, Bayaninia to Heal as One Act or itong Republic Act number no. 11469 na napasa during the pandemic, in the middle of the pandemic, mas na-weaponize ito to silence and to harass yung mga journalists na nasa forefront no ng reporting, especially those who are critical in their reportage or Yung talagang naghahanap or halimbawa nagre-report ng mga problema doon sa COVID
0: pandemic response ng gobyerno. Former National Security Advisor Esperon also cited the widely contested anti-terror law when he asked the NTC to block a slew of websites, including those belonging to Bulatlat and Pinoy Weekly.
3: The attacks on media have created a chilling effect. Nakikita natin yan doon sa reportage no specially sa mga regions, maraming mga colleagues natin sa regions ang kakaroon ng self censorship, no, na report yung mga discrepancies or maging mas critical don sa kanilang reporting,
0: lalong lalong na no ng election. On top of the constant threat of legal action, red tagging, and online harassment, there are other issues to contend with. Here's Kath Cortez again. Economic pressure in newsrooms and an individual journalist also. Meron
3: ding economic pressure partly also because of low wages and poor work conditions that makes some journalists in newsrooms susceptible to, of course, pagtanggap
0: ng In fact, just as this episode was going to press. News broke that ABS-CBN and TV5 have scrapped their investment deal amid pressure from Congress and regulators.
3: Dahil nga sa pressure and fear of libel
0: cases, merong
3: tendency na nagkakaroon, nagiging parang ano na lang tayo, yung um, nare-report na lang natin lahat ng claims, no? kung ano yung binibigay na parang data ng, uh, alimbawa, mga government agencies hindi na talaga doon sa pagtatanong bakit at paano so mas nagiging parang lumalabas na transcriber na
0: lamang, na lamang tayo it was president duterte who signed the law declaring every august thursday national press freedom day the date was chosen in honor of marcelo h del pilar who is credited as the father of philippine journalism But after the last six years, the move appears to be little more than a formality. There is also little indication that things will be different under President Marcos Jr., whose campaign shunned journalists and whose press secretary has said, in no uncertain terms, that the administration will be prioritizing giving access to state-run media.
2: We're marking the first National Press Freedom Day uh, in the Philippines. It's a good start. It's not nothing.
0: That's Jonathan DeSantos, chairperson of the NUJP.
2: But we are hoping for better access to information. We're hoping for an end to the attacks. Uh, We're hoping for the decriminalization of libel and better working conditions for uh, journalists in the Philippines. There are some sparks of hope. For example, in Congress, there have been bills filed to decriminalize libel. And also, the Media Workers' Welfare Act, which would give journalists better protections, no, has also been filed. So, we will be waiting for progress on that.
0: As bleak as these last few years have been for the media, Jonathan says journalists are taking steps to protect themselves and the integrity of their
2: work. The Philippine Media has not been idle. Members of the community have been working on the Philippine Plan of Action on the Safety of Journalists, which was released in 2019 through the Asian Institute of Journalism and Communication, which is the secretariat for the Ppsj There have been learning exchanges with security forces to explain to them or to elaborate the, the role of media and society. But also, it has been expanded to also cover the role of human rights defenders, human rights workers in Philippine society. There has also been an alert system that has been set up for attacks and threats against journalists. This gives the media community a more or less direct line to AFP and PNP officials who are handling or who are focused on media security and media safety.
0: And that was today's episode of Teca Teca. Again, I'm Bella Paris Rubio. This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and edited by Presh Capistrano. If you want to learn more about Philippine media in the time of President Ferdinand Marcos Jr., listen to this episode titled, Under Marcos, Government Media Now Comes First. We're excited to build our community with you, and it looks like we'll be able to meet for events real soon. So if you want to stay in the loop, please go to pumapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening.